Welcome to Pete and Hannah's Watchlist. I'm your host, Pete Mitchell. I'm here with my great co-host, Hannah. Hello, people. We're here today for the AFI Top 100, movie number 94, and it is Pulp Fiction. Have you seen this one before, Hannah? Yes, but only in recent year. I think I may have only seen it the first time I watched it. It would have been maybe last year or something. We were lucky to see this recently on the big screen, 35mm cut um, at our local New Farm Cinema. They do retrospectives, and yeah, it was yeah. it was a great night, wasn't it? It was heaps yeah. of uh, fans there. Yeah. Highly enjoyable. Yeah, also just beautiful to see movies on print like that. Age film. You know what's really good is going to see those old old movies. Well, classic films, yeah. And seeing, and seeing like... Like, on film especially, because you don't get to... Like, they're not going to be around forever. No. So, no. it's really important that you go see these movies where you can. And, like, it's it's getting a bit of a revival. There's, like, big screens all around the world. But especially in Australia, it's been, we're pretty lucky yeah. that we have a few copies. Uh, so, Pulp Fiction is um, movie number 94. And uh, we're covering all the AFI um, recent 10-year anniversary list. Yeah. And uh, we'll go all the way to number one. Uh, we've got plenty of stuff on the channel at the moment. Hannah, tell the viewers and the listeners what they should do. Could you pretty please leave a like or subscribe to any of our channels and leave a comment on what you think about the show so far and um, what your favourite Quentin Tarantino movie is. Hit the notification and you'll get great content like this one. Uh, we also have our review show, What's Next? We also have our movie news show, which previews the next releases. Yep. And we have a brand new television podcast, which I'm producing and starring by myself. It is, <laughs> uh, sorry for the interruption to your regular programming. That's what the podcast is called. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so we do a lot of movie stuff, but we also watch TV. So I thought I'd do a podcast this year. So it's going to be big, especially the first um, couple episodes. going to be on Jack Reacher and... Um, slow horses, ah. and then it'll lead perfectly into a weekly podcast dedicated to True Detective new season. With <laughs> yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then we have our usual content like Blockbuster, Game, and Championship Belt Holder. Yeah. So plenty of stuff on Pete and Hannah's watch list. But today we're here for the retrospective that we've all been waiting for, Pulp Fiction 1994 classic, uh, released... What? Uh, 20th of 24th of November but it was like it was going through a lot of um, film festivals so this was the, a big one yes. it, it got a lot of uh, note it um, started at the Cannes Film Festival won the Palme d'Or and then hit, Quentin Tarantino went all around the world and took it around to film festivals and just created the massive buzz yeah awesome ended up being released on the same day as Shawshank Redemption in the States incredible like what a movie to it Two incredible films. 1994. What a great movie year. It was also released um, on the same weekend as The Specialist with um, Sylvester Stallone and, and Sharon Stone and it out. <laughs> pointed it. It was, a, it was a funny because they posted 8.9 um, million. Yes. But then Specialist posted a number and then Miramax posted another number to make it the number one movie mm. so there was a bit of dodginess going around 
what a surprise that uh, company is involved in dodginess. Ah, oh, dodginess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the elevator pitch for um, Pulp Fiction is a group of stories set in LA um, through the like sort of the underbelly of um, crime. Yeah, uh, a little yeah, bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot the of Maker that. Studio was Miramax. It's, it was there actually their first fully financed project after they've been bought out by Disney. So they were a Disney company at this stage. <laughs> Uh, the story behind the movie. Yeah. So every week we like to do like a little bit of story behind some, some trivia. And um, yeah, it's, this is where we learn about the movie and then we go into the movie a little bit more. So Quentin Tarantino wrote this movie um, while he was promoting Reservoir Dogs. Yes. And he had help from uh, Roger Avery who helped him with a couple of stories. Um, it had an $8 million budget, mm. which they got that budget um, through the back of Quentin Tarantino. Um, his first movie, Reside Dogs, was a, a sleeper hit. Yes. It was produced by himself and his um, partner, Lawrence Bender. They performed, They made a, um, a production company after Reside Dogs, and they called it A Band Apart, and they produced like nine movies. They don't produce movies anymore together. No. Um, it was greenlit on the idea that everyone would be paid the same. So there were some big yeah. names in this, this movie. Um, some people not um, in the top of their form. Um, but they got Bruce Willis, which um, Bruce had, hadn't had a hit for a yeah, while. Yeah, he was having some flops. He's had some flops in a row. But his name alone got him to the studio and they were able to sell the movie overseas for $11 million. So they yeah. covered the budget. Yeah, it was... I looked it up and it's like Bruce Willis is doing well overseas and I was just like, that's that makes sense. He's like he's got good everyman American in him. Yeah. Well it helps because he was on a popular T V show, Moonlighting. Oh yeah. And that he was So, so it would have been like, yeah, yeah, syndication and a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um so how they got convinced people to be in it was sort of script. Um a lot of people said, I wanna be in that movie. They took uh, like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which was minimum at the time, and they just took percentage of the movies. So yes. Bruce Willis ended up making more than he would for most movies because he took a high percentage. This movie was highly successful. Um, yeah, originally um, Bruce wanted to play Vincent Vega, but mm. Vincent Vega was written for Michael Madsen, who had starred in uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yes, and. Vincent Vega was actually the brother of one of the characters in Reservoir Dogs. Michael Madsen had to turn it down because he was signed on to do Wyatt Earp with uh, Kevin Costner. Oh, wow. Also great film. He wanted to do uh, Quentin Tarantino's movie, but he couldn't get out of it and he wanted to be in Pulp Fiction, but Wyatt Earp was shooting when they were doing the... Uh, rehearsals for yeah. Pop Fiction. Just Quentin work. Tarantino said, no, you got to be here. So he went to his second choice. Second choice was John Travolta. Yeah. Everyone wanted to play Vincent Vega as character, but John Tra- uh, Quentin Tarantino was convinced that John Travolta would have been perfect for the role. Now, John Travolta at the time, he was, he was starring in Look Who's Talking, the movies. Yeah, well, some people have a fondness for those. Yeah, we were not uh, very popular whatsoever. Yep. And he had got, he was really popular with um, Saturday Night Fever and Urban yep. Cowboy and Grease and stuff like that. 
but he made so many unsuccessful movies in a row mm. and this was a big return to form for him. So yeah. after this, he went on a big run. He went on a run that included Face Off, Broken Arrow. Yeah. Incredible films. Uh, unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. Jules was originally supposed to be Lawrence Fishburne, but Lawrence turned it down. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino had been tr- trying to get Lawrence Fishburne into a movie all the time. Um, wow. But Samuel Jackson was offered the role. He came and auditioned. He thought he had got the role, but then he turned in a, a terrible audition. Someone else auditioned for the for the part, was going to get it, and then Samuel L. Jackson flew himself to LA, auditioned properly, and then got given the role. Yeah, okay. Uh, both... Quentin Tarantino, uh, both um, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson were nominated for Oscars for these performances. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Jules was supposed to wear an afro. So he was supposed to have a wig. It was afro. But then the uh, production assistant um, bought a uh, Jerry Curl wig instead. Yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson said to Quentin Tarantino, this is the wig you want me to wear because this is really popular with gangsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In LA. And so he ended up going to uh, Quentin Tarantino, convinced him, and then that's why. So you the famous Jules. Um, yeah, the curl. Jerry yeah. Curl. Yep, that's that's the wig there. Uh, Tim Roth was his first choice to play um, Honey. Yeah, yeah. Honey, honey Bear? Honey Bear? Or oh, pumpkin? no. Hun- pumpkin. pumpkin. Yep. Uh, but the studio wanted uh, Johnny Depp. So the studio had many other people in mind for these yeah, characters. Yeah, of course, wanted probably bigger or yeah. up-and-coming stars. Well, um, you know, the studio wanted uh, Daniel Day-Lewis to play Vincent Vega. You know? That is very left field. Uh, so uh, Tim Roth was uh, first choice, got given the role. Uh, Vin Rames, um, he won it off the back of a brilliant audition. I love Vin. It's one of the yeah. Vin, yep, we love Vin. Uh, great in the Mission Impossible movies. We lo- yep. Uh, great in Entrapment. Have you seen Entrapment with them? No. Oh, it's, it's a great movie. Sean Connery, Vin Rames, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. I love it. Uh, so, the in the movie, there's lots of nods to previous films. Quentin Tarantino famously worked in a video shop, got a lot of his ideas, and so you can see that all yeah. throughout the film. There's just nods to previous films and in yeah. this uh, especially. He had written this film along with True Romance and Reservoir Dogs. He got Reservoir Dogs made first, and then Tony Scott had read all the scripts, and he wanted to do Pulp Fiction. Ooh. But Quentin Tarantino wanted to do Pulp Fiction, so Tony Scott ended up doing True Romance. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> um, another couple, so a couple of little, uh, you know, how many times do you reckon the F-bomb was uh, used in this movie? How many? 265. That's a lot. Yeah, and uh, the N-word was used 18 times, which yeah, was hot, heavily criticised uh, at the time of the release. I think there would be a lot of ideas about this film heavily criticised. Let's talk about the writer and the director of this movie. Yeah. It's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Quentin? First, I off? think uh, no, I think he's a brilliant director, and I love he d- he writes and produces and makes his movies the way he wants them to be. He doesn't also he doesn't have random extended cuts that don't go to film. He just makes the movie he makes. 
I mean, he might have some certain scenes cut out and such, but, you know, it's not like there's, like, there's, like, a four-hour cut of Pulp Fiction out there. Yeah, I think he he plays with his... uh, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, but he, he makes it the way he wants, and he's, I like, I, I appreciate someone who's, like, yeah, I'm not gonna just continue making films, I'm gonna end it at a point, and he, his next film, he's calling it quits, and I love that. I love it. He's just owning it. He's like, yeah, I don't think I want to make movies, but... Uh, is this your yeah. favourite uh, Quentin Tarantino movie? This is not my personal favourite. I would give Kill Bill 1 and 2, because technically they are yep. they don't work unless they're together. Um, they Ahead of, of this? For my personal opinion, yep. yes. But not in a way of his best films. I would put Pulp Fiction probably as his like, best work. Right... Yeah, right up there. It was one of his best works. What about like so you're a fan of Inglorious Bastards and I like Inglorious Bastards. I really liked Hateful Eight. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. I love movies like that where it's just yeah, yeah. the one room situation kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah, he's going through the genres. Like you, you can definitely tell he's had his like martial arts film. He's had his country and western. Yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. He he hasn't he takes influence and then he makes a film like yeah. like I love the reason I love Kill Bill is that yes it's very heavily influenced by samurai films and yeah martial um, art films of the martial art films and everything and you he really just puts all yeah eggs in the basket yeah and I just love he plays around with his styles but yeah know, well definitely he, he they all still feel like him yeah life. for sure he uh, definitely has a style that and he, he loves homage to other filmmakers and, and, and he loves feet yeah, he does love feet. Man gotta love feet. Yep, who doesn't love feet? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this is like eco highest radar um, with uh, Django Unchained yeah. and Inglorious Bastards. Where would you put it in your ranking? Probably third or fourth. Yeah. yeah. Not your favourite? No, definitely not. I yeah. would say... Inglorious? I'd say Inglorious, probably Kill Bill, Django yeah. before this. Yeah. Django, yeah. Yeah, I... Jago's yeah. very good. Yeah, it's very good. That's a very good movie. Do you think if they redid this list that uh, this would be higher and another one would be on the list? Yes. I think this... if We'll go into it, but I definitely think Pulp Fiction would make it incredibly higher on this list. I think he would have had... And then I... I think once upon think, a time. Oh, I know. Film that, buffs critics love, love that. it. Yeah, critics yeah, love it. Yeah, and film buffs love it. I'm yeah. not a fan, but I understand. Uh, so, who else was in this movie? So, we've already talked about John Travolta, Uma. Samuel L. Jackson, like, great careers those guys have had. Uma's in Uma the Thurman. Thurman. Um, Initially, she didn't want to do the role. No. And he... Rang her. And, and just her. kept... Yeah. He, he apparently recited the script to her just yeah. to get her involved. Uh, probably, after this, probably... Kill Bill was probably her best movie after this. Yeah, no, which they wrote the story uh, on the on the set of this. I'm movie. a big fan of her. Yeah, Poison Ivy, there. Big yeah, fan. You are probably the only person. In the world. <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis, what a career he had, mainly from the Die Hard movies. But I'll, I'm a big fan of Hudson Hawk, which of you know of is a homage to many movies. As Last well. Boy Scout. Uh, Last Boy Scout. <laughs> what a film that is. Uh, Shane Black <laughs> film. Uh, Christian uh, Christopher Walken's in this. He oh, great uh, scene. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Harvey Keitel uh, is great as Wolf as well. Um, let's talk about the reaction to the film. So, uh, box of the time made two hundred thirteen million dollars worldwide. Incredible. Amazing off an eight million dollar budget. 
Uh, critics loved it, but criticized the warrants. Like the, a lot of the critic review I was reading from 1994, they either hated it or they loved it, and yeah. they're all in. This you know? is why I think it's low on this list. Would be because of the, I think some of the the violence and the drug nature of this yeah. film. It's like America's just trying to shut. You know, we, you know, we're, we're different. We're not all violence and drugs. And then. <laughs> This film's whole shtick is violent and Yeah, drugs. but uh, another thing is that like oh. that the they were against the pop culture references. Yeah, which is so weird. There's a lot of pop culture references. Yeah, which but I sort of kind of they meld really well with the film and are sort of timeless. Yeah, but what also is so funny is that the film itself has become a pop culture icon. Amazing. And well, let's talk about that now. So this movie, this was used in Space Jam. This was oh, used in oh. Family Guy episodes. There's many cartoons, but let's talk about the main one. Let's it talk was, about it. Was, it was dedicated in a whole episode of The Simpsons. The you, Simpsons. I'm gonna let yes. you off the chain here. Uh, Go for it. Season seven, uh, I believe, episode twenty-two. It's um, titled "The Twenty-Two Short Stories of Springfield," and it has a whole section where it's basically Chief Wiggum um, having the uh, Royale cheese discussion and. Him and Snake getting uh, in a bit of a predicament. It's so funny. You have like, and then it has the iconic, you know, steam ham lines from um, Skinner in this episode. It's incredible. I also want to say there's like how much this is per- like this film has gone permeated into culture. Yeah. yeah, is that um so a K-pop group I really like called Twice they have a music video called uh, What is Love and they show different movies mm-hmm. and one of them is Pulp Fiction they do oh, the wow. they do the Pulp um, Fiction the dance scene yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like in a K-pop video from 2018 wow. like that that's that mo- cool. that's that movie's in that yeah, yeah. alongside movies like Ghost and Princess Diaries he would he would absolutely love that term Tino he it's, would love yeah, that it's one of those random notes that. it's great uh, so reaction to the film recently, so Rotten Tomatoes is ninety two percent, so not the highest that we've had so far. Uh, Letterbox yeah. four point three, which is really high. Yeah. Um, IMDb is eight point nine. Um, like, I would say this is a big film bros. This uh, is movie. the biggest of like film bro movies. This yeah. was like uh, the it's... two directors that are big film bros. Quentin, Quentin, and Christopher. They're the two big films. Chris Knoll? Yeah. I think only Chris Knoll lately, but uh, I don't... People love Interstellar. They love I it. know. I do too. Uh, no, I would say... But I think Quentin, almost every film yeah. connoisseur, is yeah. just like, oh, the Quentin Tarantino like, movies. So of previous generations, it's Scorsese and Spielberg. And of this generation, I think it's Tarantino and Nolan. Yeah. And if I think if they did redid the AFI list, I reckon there'd be five Quentin Tarantinos on the list, and there'd be a couple of Nolan movies on the list. I don't think the. I think uh, it I, depends who's in charge. Yeah, I, d- if, I, just, if I the, just think if you have um, critics from the last ten years, I'm telling you, they'd put a. Oh no, of, they'd put all of Quinton's yeah. on there. Yeah. <laughs> they would be like, oh, I'd, I'd fight for um, Jackie, Brown Jackie Brown any yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, there was like at the ten, a uh, ten year and a twenty year anniversary of this film. Yeah. There was a big article. Uh, saying that um, it's time to revisit Pulp Fiction and uh, Pulp Fiction's not that good. So, like, there is people I sort of coming around that. on sort of... I think 
do are we do we want to get into our hot takes yet or yeah well it's a perfect time so every week on uh, movie news we do a segment called clickbait yeah which is a hot hotty hot takes yeah and uh hoo-ha hannah what yeah. is your hot take when it comes to pulp fiction hoo-ha movie my, number uh, my uh honestly uma thurman and bruce willis are the weakest parts of this film hannah I agree totally. I almost... My, my reason not to for this movie is Bruce Willis. I don't... Th- like, as... See, the thing is, with the Bruce Willis storyline, which is the Golden mm-hmm. Watch storyline, you... His storyline eventually ends really, like, in a comical way with yeah. the... the uh, him and Vin Rhames. Well, comical more like... <laughs> more like... Out of nowhere. This film has this kind of thing where its idea of comedy is, like hitting you in the face with something completely unexpected. And yeah. you're like, ha-ha, yeah. yeah, that happened. Um, I've never, I've never <laughs> heard of rape as being a comical <laughs> way. <laughs> and then just, like, the absurdity of it all, because uh, that entire scene. Yes. More like, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's absurd. The dark, hey, I'm a little And, and Uma Thurman? So, Uma Thurman, to me, is the weakest part. I just find that the entirety of, like, her going so on a date... From... Yeah, even so the, Vincent, even Vega, Vincent Vega, Marcel's wife, all the way through to the body situation, you just switch off. Uh, well, I feel, oh, recently I fell asleep watching that particular, like the Uma Thurman bit. Just the Uma Thurman. Working up at the end where she, she they, yeah. she has, she accidentally ODs. But, honestly, the thing is, what, but, what saves this film is how Quentin Tarantino has cleverly crafted this film, right? Okay, so, so this, this goes well, into my hot take. Yeah, okay, you go. So my hot take is this movie would be better if it was told linear. No. So you, you, I don't believe you so. like it. No, it needs to be the way it is. Cause oh, wow. Because what he's done is perfect. Oh, so he, he, the reason why he did it this way is um, he liked to play with yeah. the audience. So he audience was getting comfortable in the seat and then they flipped it and it, it's you playing there's catch a, up all the time. There's a certain director at the moment who's doing that as well. I, I think... I think at the end, the la- the last scene in the movie actually is Zed is dead. I think that's so, a great no, last that's, line. So yeah, so the last, technically the last scene of the film is Bruce Willis riding on his chopper. With chopper, his, yeah. yeah his it's a chopper. Girl. It's a chopper. With Fabian. With his, yeah, with his GF and they ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Um, But that's not where the film ends. There's still like a whole two, like so, there's a whole section of story to go on. So you, you I, prefer it. Because what he does is at the start, it's so entertaining with um, Samuel Jackson and... and, Vincent uh, Vega. Yeah. And they're very entertaining, great, you get in. Then you get the two boring sections. Yeah. And then you go straight into the great wolf wolf section where they clean up. Into the cafe. And into the ending with where the movie starts, which the cafe. So it would have been... How the movie would have started would have been the gold watch. That's how the movie would have started. Yeah, the gold watch. So from Bruce Willis's story, but you would have cut Bruce Willis's story in yeah. chunks. Yeah, and that would have been the main story we follow. But because technically we follow Vincent Va- Vega, Vega and Jules, and Jules, it yeah, we get different notes. Okay, so let, yeah. let's let's go into it. So the, it's broken into seven chapters. So yep. the prologue in the diner is the first chapter. Prelude. Uh, to Vincent Vega and uh, Marcellus's wife is the next chapter. Yep. Then you got uh, Vincent Vega and Marcellus's wife is uh, chapter three. Yep, uh, yep. Chapter four is a prelude 
uh, to the gold watch, which is the flashback. Amazing, Christopher. Uh, then you got five. Chapter five is the gold watch, which includes the Hannah comical scene in the. No, just like oh. Uh, then you got the Bonnie situation, uh, which is Wolf, and then you got the epilogue, which is Dinah. So that's the uh, seven chapters. So if you look at the prologue, that is. Um, when Tim Roth and Miranda Plummer are chatting and then that goes into the robbery which flicks into the end of yep. the film. Yeah, it's a good it's a good little scene, that one at the start. I, I really like that. I, Their chemistry together is quite I good. think it also gives the film a rewatch. Immediate rewatch. Oh, yeah, so it's got rewatch quality. So a lot of films don't after, especially movies with big twists, they yeah. do not have a rewatch quality because you've like, I don't know what's going to happen here. But this film... And then the next you go into Jules and Vincent in the car, which they talk about McDonald's overseas, which is the most iconic scene in the movie. Oh, yeah, one of the most memorable, like, quotes and stuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, then you go into the apartment where um, uh, Jules has the... They beat up the... Burger, yeah, the little Frank Wally. Um, then you get the, the famous Ezekiel quote. Yeah, I am a righteous man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then next is you see, we go forward and it goes into the bar with Butch. Yeah, and, and they're wearing Vince. different clothes. Yeah. So yeah, that's the yeah. first time you're starting to see something. Something's happened. There's an abrupt cut when he's about to shoot Frank. Because you think nothing's like yeah. the diner scene going into um vincent first yeah. time you're like nothing's wrong here and then all of a sudden they're wearing different clothes yeah. and you're like oh, oh. And, yeah and i think it's the, uh, i'll tell you what i like about this scene they come into the thing and, you, and you, in the background they're playing al green yeah oh, oh let's stay God. together yeah it's so good. I, I will say the first time i watched this i didn't like the cuts i thought they were i was like why is it cutting why are we no, I want to go... And that's the thing. I wanted to go back to Vincent. I wanted to go back yeah, to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jules, yeah. Jules and Vincent. And then and then the, then on rewatch, I'm like, oh, that's the whole point. I want to go back to them. Yeah. So I sit through all the boring stuff yeah, yeah, and go yeah. back. Uh, then Vincent buys drugs from Eric Stoltz. So yeah. Eric Stoltz famously um, in the Flash movie this year on uh, Tattooed on Someone's Leg. Yes. <laughs> no, there's even, um, there's supposed to be like a subtle reference as well to Back to the Future, which he was supposed to be in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in this movie as uh, well. Rosanna Arquette, he plays his wife. Uh, then you've got the Vincent and Mia scenes, like great music in this, like Son of a Preacher Man. I mean, it's a very um, iconic moment. Girl, You'll Be a Woman. Very uh, iconic. Steve, Bush- Steve Buscemi is Buddy Holly. Yeah. Uh, that milkshake looks great. There's an interesting salad in this with a piece of watermelon, a party Why? salad. Why? Huge, wow. a huge cup huge. of uh, Spanish. It's onion. a salad, and there's just a chunk of there's like a whole slice of watermelon. Uh, the needle in the chest is most iconic in this stretch, like that sound of the needle going in the chest. Like even like yep. in recently when we watched it in the cinema, people were like gasp when that happened. Like just the sound is just amazing. And then the cut then after those two, she says her joke, and then it goes straight into Crystal Walken gold watch scene. Oh. One of my Captain Coon speech. My ass. <laughs> my ass. <laughs> Boy. And then we get into Bruce Willis screwing over Marcellus. Um, like, then we go into like the taxi, which is a really weird scene, how he shot that. Like It's like the fakeness around... I don't know, sort of like it's it. sort of like Sin City. I, what, they're trying to make a Sin City sort I of thing. I love... Well, you know, yeah. Bruce Willis was in Sin City. Yeah. Uh, 
No, I, I think he, I guess from other films have done the taxi scene, yeah. he probably take homage from that. Yeah. Which, this whole film pays homage yeah, to yeah. the cinema. That's yeah. his whole shtick of it. And then Bruce goes into a scene with Fabian, which is, she's the most hated character probably in cinema history. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, he's pay, paying fun at her for being a, a, a retard. Like it just well, yeah, and then she has this whole tangent about wanting a pot belly. Yeah, uh, I don't it's know. It's it's just a whole weird scene. And, and then, then then he arcs up and he's lost the watch. You know, if the watch is so important to you, and you, we just seen the story about the watch, why aren't you carrying that watch everywhere with you? Well, no, he can't because he's about to go boxing and he can't. Yeah, but you put it in that. his bag, like mm. the carry it with you all the time. As if that's important to you. No, he keeps what? it on the Joey. Oh, that's the whole Captain and... Kangaroo. That song, great song. Yeah. Um, and then he meets up with Mar- uh, like he famously there's a scene where he goes back for the watch Vincent Vega's there and yeah. Vincent Vega's in the toilet reading what's he reading he's reading a comic strip from the UK uh, which is um, Modesty Blase it's a U- UK comic mm-hmm. like why are you going to the toilet without a gun well he just thought there was nothing going to happen and then, like, you hear a noise. Like, someone Though comes I, home, he's, he's making some The interesting thing about this film is that every time he goes to the toilet, something happens. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, then uh, he runs into Marcel's walls, who's walking across the street with donuts. Like, weird. Yeah, classic scene. Weird. It's rig. It's when that scene. Yeah, is and so then they get into a fight, and then they end up getting tied up downstairs. There's a yeah. after him. He breaks free in a weird, really in a weird like. Then yeah. he goes upstairs and then deviant. Um, and then he goes back. Do you go back? Okay, so this made you know why that makes sense because Christopher Walken's speech kind of goes through his head. The idea of two, the way, way two men bond over like something that happens to them because Christopher Walken goes him and. Um, Bruce Willis's father they yeah. bonded with their time there yeah. like you would not put a watch if a man had done it for five years put a watch in his butt you don't put yeah, your one yeah because the war brought them that way yeah but so, so and so think, you're that moment enemies him and Marcellus were yeah enemies. but that if it was him he'd want he'd want oh, the same thing to come back so true, he goes true, true, he, true. and he he wants some some, some revenge really and then and then dead clear Friends, buddies, pals. Yep. I don't go back and say. <laughs> I don't. Uh, so then we go back into where um, Vincent and Jules um, have a crisis after Jules has a crisis after they get, they yeah, get this shot is, at. This is when you're, this is the moment where you're like, you've gone, we've gone straight back in time. Yeah. It's awesome. This is awesome. Um, and then it's, uh, then they shoot. Or, um, Phil Lamar. Marv, Marvin in, in the face. Yeah, Phil Lamar's character. Love him. He, originally, it wasn't supposed to be in the face. It was supposed to be in the throat. Yeah, and it was, was supposed, supposed to be a, a very sinister slow, scene. So, but it's a lot funnier. Yeah, John, John Travolta yeah. said this. Um, Phil Lamar had to come because they thought he, he suggested it. And he was like, no, it was, it was Travolta. Yeah. It's very funny. It's very funny. Very. And, and, like, and the way they like bicker between themselves, amazing. Um, this is when they go to Quentin Tarantino's house, Jimmy. Yep. And what do you think of uh, Tarantino's acting in this? It's fine. Oh, that's fine. I, I don't mind it. Okay. It's like, uh, it, honestly, it's not that he needed to be like an interesting no. character at all. He just was like funny. He's doing his, you know, it's your. But you know, I think Hitchcock. Steve Buscemi would have been better as Jimmy. I just, uh, he, the reason he, he wanted him to play a more significant role. Yeah. Um, but 
due to scheduling stuff, he, okay. or he could get him to do one thing. So um, then they ring the famous uh, wolf, so Winston. Yes. Um, he's playing poker in full uh, yeah. monkey suit, full tuxedo. Yeah, full tux. They're playing at 8.15 in the morning. Yes. What I be- life does Winston Wolf I believe it's an all-nighter event. They've been going all night. Yeah. And early to the morning, and you know what? He's I respect... He's not even, like, loosen the tie. He's, like, full tie. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. He's a businessman. I respect it. And he's got mad driving skills. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, <laughs> then so, uh, Jules is in the back of the car cleaning the brains up. Why is Jules in the back? Yeah, so that's Vincent that's shoots. that's why he, Vincent. Yeah, that's why uh, Jules is just like, "Why am I doing the back? You're the one who did it." And it it's a very funny thing where Vincent's playing it, kind of like, you know, I don't get why everyone's mad at me, and yeah, he's yeah. like the one that he's did one it. That did it. And <laughs> How much money do you reckon Wolf gave Jimmy for the bedspread and to keep quiet? Of course. Oh, are we talking like nineteen ninety five? Are we talking like a thousand dollars? Yeah, I was saying a soft grand. Yeah, uh, I reckon. I reckon he's more. I reckon he's. But then he was talking about refurnishing the entire yeah, um, ba- giving, a bed with I oak. Giving, I reckon he's giving oak's a couple nice. Of, I reckon give me, I reckon he's giving him a couple of grand. Yeah, probably oak's nice. Um, they're, they're really caring about Marvin, so they do that nice shot in the back of the trunk. Well, I love that shot. Yeah, but then they really care about Marvin. You mean, what, Philomar? What? Well, like, they've killed three guys in an apartment, and they they called Wolf in to clean up the, the just one guy in the back of a trunk. Oh, no, well, that, that, that's, that's a common occurrence, but the truck, the, the car thing, that could fall on them. Because they had to transport the, they had to go drive okay. and do stuff with the car, and if they got yeah, caught yeah. by the police, yeah, you know. Enough, yeah. They can get away with it if it's somewhere else. Uh, so then we go back to the cafe. Vincent and Jules having breakfast. Great talk about pig, swine, love that. Um, then he's going to be talking about Jules becoming a, a vagrant. Um, yes. And then the interaction between the robber and Jules in the briefcase. So good. Yeah. Love that scene. That's a great scene. So good. Uh, let's go into our usual uh, readings too. I th- this has got a serious soundtrack. It's amazing yeah. soundtrack. I love Greatest it. soundtrack. I uh, love The Wolf. And I love the... I'm, I'm a fan of the pop culture references. No, I think the pop culture references stay. I think over time they've actually lessened because a lot of people won't know a lot of them yeah. as time has gone on because some of those films date. But, well, date and also, you know, you don't mm. you don't see all of them as much. But Pulp Fiction itself has become way more of an icon. Yeah. Then, um, what is it? I film that um, similar. There's like a tons of films, especially nowadays, where pop culture references like they put a lot in um, that date immediately. Anything that involves the internet dates immediately. There's a film called Wreck It Ralph Breaks the Internet, and that had the that dated as immediately as it started. <laughs> and yeah, um, reasons not to see this movie. Bruce Willis doesn't work in the movie for me. It just doesn't work. Oh yeah, no, but uh, yeah, work. Okay. like I, I would say reasons if you don't love, I don't think if you don't love dark, there's a lot of dark humor yeah. and violence and swearing. Yeah, if you if you're not into like just you know just if you've seen other Tarantino works, yes, it won't work for you. But yeah. I think if it's you've never seen it, if you've never seen it, which is 
I think you should give it a shot at least yeah, once. It works. Once in your lifetime. I reckon, like, really, all these movies that are on this list, I reckon give them all a shot. Yeah, okay, give yeah. Shot. Okay. Uh, Some so of them. it definitely deserves to be on the list. I think it needs to be higher. I think But it's... I still think it, it needs to be below Do the Right Thing. I think Do the Right Thing is a better film than this. Yeah, okay, yeah, 100%. I think, why is it in the... Yeah, it should be in the top 50 at least, yeah. top 30. Yeah. I don't, I don't I understand. Agree. I, I agree. really... Because why these films are on here is there's is the film is good, um, the film is good the and but also the milestone it has on an impact it has on cinema and especially American well, look culture. At the most recent film on this list is like Lord of the Rings, but there's no way that these films. Should Lord of the Rings below Lord of the Rings. No, oh no, but I yeah, it shouldn't be below Lord of the Rings. But Lord of the Rings, I understand being on this list for another reason. So we own this movie on Blu-ray. Yep. Um, definitely get it. Yeah, no, you should definitely it. have this in your collection. Uh, it's, it, currently, it, it, it's currently it, streaming in Australia on Stan, it's yeah. on Fox. Um, you can rent it on Apple and Prime as well. Um, but yeah, would you watch this movie again? 100%. Yes, I agree. And rating for this one, what are you going to give it? Oh, that's so hard because... Technically, it's like a bit of both with its banger slash all time classic. Because it, it, it's, it's, I think it's it's definitely boarding on an all time classic. Yeah, it's a banger for sure. Yeah, but the reason it, it's just because it's not my personal favorite. That's why I wouldn't put it all time. Cl- but the film itself deserves attention, a, deserves love, and it's definitely a classic a for a lot of people. Let's give it a banger. It's a banger. Uh, so next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, is number 93, and it's French Connection, starring uh-huh. Gene Hackman, one of our... Oh, Gene Hackman? Favourite. Oh, Gene Hackman! Favorite. Uh, so <laughs> leave uh, feedback on this episode, good or bad, and we'll read the best ones out on the show. Last week, feedback was, yeah, we agree. Last bit of show, not great. Yep, fine. Uh, that is it for today's show. Uh, don't forget, we have What's Next coming out tomorrow. Then we'll have movie news, and then next week um, we'll start the week off with we interrupt this regular programming. So that's my TV show, TV show podcast. So that should be some fun stuff. Um, so that will come out on Mondays, uh, and then Tuesdays will be the AFI podcast. Wednesdays, what's next? Mm-hmm. Review. Thursdays is movie news. So I'm going to more podcasts. What's that? How good. That's my great co-host, Hannah. Thanks for everyone for listening on wherever you get your podcast, And thanks for everyone for watching on YouTube. Until next week when we watch French Connection, which is uh-huh. currently um, available to rent and buy on Apple. Does it have anything Prime. to do with the French? It does. Okay, cool. There's, there's a French drug dealer and he's chasing him down. So that's why it's called the French Connection. Oh, that's the connection to France. <laughs> You got it. <laughs> I've solved the film already. <laughs> Until then, it's bye for now. <laughs>